Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Michaela, that's us. It's time to start our show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Gogo. Speaking of, let's just go, let's just talk about this real quick. Let's do it. Did you see her? Who? The House of Gucci premiere, Lady Gaga. Oh, Gaga. In that purple? In the purple, Yeah. Gucci 2022. Was she wearing Gucci? She looked incredible. Can you imagine if you showed up wearing Versace or something? Yeah, I mean... To the House of Gucci premiere? Yeah, I, that, I would probably do that, <laughs> but Gaga would never. She looks stunning. Eight-inch so heels. Eight-inch heels. Oh, yeah. Here's what I love about Gaga. She literally is standing on the red carpet with Salma Hayek with all of these like incredible big A-listers like we always talk about. Clearly, she killed the the film, I'm, I'm assuming, and then still shows up on the red carpet like Gaga. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I, I loved that. I loved the, what, Justin? No, I was just going to say, have you seen the trailer? Yes, Justin. I mean, she's probably going to get another Academy Award nomination A thousand percent. I think she will, too. And this is what breaks my heart more than anything. The Golden Globes not being held on television this year. Which means I'll not be working the red carpet, which means I will not get another opportunity to interview Gaga like I did when she was in A Star is Born. That's my bigger concern. Devastating. Breaks my heart. Devastating. I've met her a couple of times. I met her during A Star is Born and then met her during American Horror Story a few years ago when she did the hotel one, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was nominated for Golden Globe for that as well. But she is iconic. She is really a great actress. Yeah, she's incredible. Who knew that an Italian woman could sing and act? Who knew? Who knew? She's the only one like her. Yeah, that's it. She's the only Nobody one. Nobody else. Except for me. Except for you, who's actually 5'2". The name of her documentary, which is not accurate. Come on, Gaga. Listen to me. When I met her, I was like, it took me everything not to go, you're not even 5'2", Gaga. But I was just like, thank you, love singing here. I just want to give you a behind the scenes on what's going on in the studio right now. Michaela, as she was talking, just reached across the studio, pulled down the mic in between us, because I think she wanted to look at my face. Yeah, I did. I can't see you. You missed me? Yeah, honey. Were you excited about today's show? Very, I'm always excited. It's our show. more political show, so it I hate that. A little, little, little political heavy today. It's okay. We have some great topics coming up, though, that that, that matter to our community. They do. Um, uh, but we're going to kick things off with a little bit of a lighthearted story of a man who swapped out his wife's pet years ago, and she never figured it out. This is, I think, what Meet the Fockers the dad wanted mm, to do. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Ben Stiller wanted to do when he yep. like swapped out the cats. Yep. But it didn't happen. <gasps> she never knew. I would know. Well, this guy got away with it. Now he's now he's feeling really guilty Stop. about it. He needs our help. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into this he one wants in to about tell her the truth now. Thirteen minutes. Is it a good idea or not? 
We'll oh, tell you the God. full details and you decide if you would want to know. It's kind of like when your friend is like, would you want to know if somebody was cheating on you? And you're like, and you're not like, now. Oh, it's probably about me, isn't it? No, I don't want to know. Yeah, not. I don't care now. Every season of, of Real Housewives, that comes up. Oh, yeah, it does. By it the way, does. before I let you get into uh, news, do you watch Potomac? Uh, I love Potomac, but I haven't been. I'm not caught up. The reunion started this week. Uh-huh. Honey. Insane? They First of all, they look amazing. They are but gorgeous. It's wild. Why? Give me a little hint. It's just a lot of arguing and a lot of somebody. One of the women actually printed out. You know how they always bring receipts. Oh, she I love printed out that. text messages on a a poster board, but like a thick cardstock poster board, and brought it to set. It's wild. I and think also, one of the housewives already did that before. Though you know who shows up though? Who? Nicki Minaj comes in to to interview them. Shut She's up. She's such a fan of Potomac that in one of the later, uh, probably the fourth part, she shows up with interview cards to take Andy's seat. I'm obsessed. <laughs> That's a lot. If you haven't watched it, catch up. Right now, though, it is time for news on the beat. All right, there's a lot going on in the news. Uh, news subpoenas continue to flow from the committee investigating the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The panel announced 10 more subpoenas yesterday, following six on Monday. Now, these new subpoenas affect a range of high-profile officials close to Donald Trump during his presidency, including senior advisor Stephen Miller and press secretary uh, Kaylee McEnany. Still can't say her stupid name. Meanwhile, a federal judge denied Trump's attempt to withhold records from the committee, allowing it to access hundreds of pages of documents from his time in office. The National Archives is scheduled to deliver a trove of call logs, video logs, schedules, and notes to the House on Friday. All right, as expected, Pfizer announced they are seeking an amendment to the FDA's emergency use authorization for their COVID-19 vaccine that would allow booster shots for everyone 18 and older. Federal health officials have repeatedly expressed concern about uh, immunity as the U.S. enters the winter months. The public is facing another dangerous pandemic obstacle as well, misinformation. Nearly 80% of Americans have been exposed to false claims about COVID-19. According to survey data from the Kaiser Family Foundation, with the most common claim being that the government is exaggerating COVID-19 death counts, about 3 in 10 respondents believed or weren't sure about common vaccine misinformation regarding side effects. People just don't trust anything anymore. At all. Like, I know I know a handful of people who have died from COVID and, and a lot of people who have been really, really sick from it. So that's enough for me. I don't I don't even want to deal with it. Yeah, same. I don't want to get near it. I think I'm probably going to get my booster today or tomorrow, perhaps. I want to get it before I go home uh, and go to New York uh, for Wendy Williams on Monday. Yeah. Um, but maybe today so I have a little bit of time in case I feel a little bit weird. Yeah, of course. Ay, ay, ay. All right, now let's do a little weather. 66, speaking of New York, 73 in LA, 77 in Vegas, 88 in Palm Springs, 81 in Miami, 63 in San Francisco, 52 in Seattle, 52 in Buffalo, 57 in Cleveland, 64 in Sacramento, 90 in Cathedral City, and 90 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. When you let go of what you think you need, you clear space for the universe to bring you what you really want. Love to see it. Mm. Love that. All right, coming up. Should a husband feel bad for doing a pet swap after years? He's finally ready to reveal his secret to his wife. How do we feel about it? We'll tell you next. All right, so Michaela, what would you do if you found out, and this would never happen, right? But if... Your little beloved Rocco, maybe he was acting up or maybe sick or something, and Lisa swapped out the dog. You never found out. Years go by, and then she reveals to you, oh, Don't yeah, that's not your Rocco. even 
What would you do? Try it. First and foremost, I think it's a little bit different with dogs. Dogs are harder to swap out than cats because cats look more similar oftentimes. Yeah. But would you be mad or would you be grateful? I would kill her. Well, listen to this. So this one guy. Rocco. Wait, this is a very different mm-hmm. story. Rocco, but also I would know. Like, would I know. know Rocco. I feel like dogs' personalities are more distinct than cats oftentimes. And cats can tend to be similar to one another, right? Every now and then you get the really fluffy, friendly cat, but a lot of cats are a lot. A lot of times, cats are aloof, and they're not the type. I spend so much time. I look into my dog's eyes and hold him like a baby every single day. I can't go to bed at night because I I look at him so much and I love him so much. Yeah. So I think it's different than a cat. But this one man, his wife's cat was acting up, had some behavioral problems, so he decided to swap out the cat, get her a new one. She had no idea. Now six years have passed, and he's feeling guilty about it. The old cat was aggressive, and now he wants to know, should I tell her? This has gone viral on Reddit, and oh he feels bad. He's been keeping the secret for so long. And 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 I, I, I don't know. I, I say, my thought is don't say a word. Like, don't tell her. Yeah. Because what good is going to come out of that? Like, what's going to happen? I feel like if I replaced Lisa's dog, Bruno, first of all, she would know. But if for some ridiculous reason she didn't, and then I did this prank, I could not tell her. I think she would actually break up with me. Well, this was apparently before they were married and while they were still dating. They were living apart at the time. She went out of town to visit her family for a week, and he was supposed to watch her cat. He was supposed to go to her apartment and feed the cat. And the cat was so aggressive and so awful that he just got rid of it and replaced it. Who does that, first of all? Who does that? But did he do it out of love? Or did he do it because he still didn't want to deal with the cat? And And does it matter? Okay, but see, here's the thing. He kind of twisted his fate also because had she told they were just dating, maybe she would not have wanted to have been with him. Oh, that's real. Do you know what I'm saying? He like kind of forced her to like be with him. But he said when he went over to take care of the cat, it scratched the ish out of his arm. Well, it's not um, your cat, honey. Uh, okay, but then is it his responsibility? If she trusts him enough early yeah, on in their dating. Yeah, you call and say your cat's a psycho. I can't take care of it. You don't get rid of the cat. But okay, so let's play let's play Angel's advocate for a moment. Let's say he's really sort of vibing with her and he's really feeling her and he's like, this cat is a non-starter. But if I can just do something about the cat. I think she and I might have a clear path to love. Oh my God, this reminds me of Turns something out about he was Mary. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they drug the dog, so the dog likes him. Justin, you have a cat. Yes. Oh, I did. Yes. Wait, it's dead. Uh, yeah. Yes, AJ. A ago. Thank I you forgot. For I don't pay attention when cats die. I'm really oh sorry. Oh my God. So okay, could you, would you have been able to tell if somebody swapped out your cat? Yes, because Marigold, um, she was very dog-like. She was very loving. And oh, so like, she was a cool cat. Yeah, she was a very cool cat. Got it. But. I I don't approve of what this guy did. The only way I could see that this working out in your favor is if it was like a child involved and like you didn't want to teach them about Ye- death yet. Or or, or or the cat was aggressive towards the child. Yeah. Like maybe maybe he had a kid or something, but we're just making up stories now. Yeah, that's not the story that's being told. I the know. story that's being told is they were dating for a few weeks. Oh, no. She he, went out of town. He went to take care of the cat. Okay, the cat well, was unruly. He's completely in the wrong, but he shouldn't say a thing. Yeah, don't say a thing. People on, people on Reddit are now saying she should divorce you. That seems a bit extreme to me. Listen, if we took this to my therapist, my therapist would say for him to tell her the truth. Really? Mm -hmm. My grandmother said to me many, many years ago, I remember remember that while I was dating my first boyfriend, or one of my first boyfriends, I think, I I, like kissed somebody. 
and like drunk and like whatever. And I was like, uh, do I say something? I don't know. She's like, well, why are you going to tell them? Are you going to tell them so you feel better? Or are you going to tell them for them? Because if it's going to devastate your partner and, and you want to be with them and you didn't cheat, cheat on them, you just kissed somebody, why are you telling them? Are you trying to get it off your conscience? Okay, hold on. I want to bring this to Therapy Thursdays. Okay. Because I feel like what we we were told when we were younger, like what my therapist would probably say now is, yes, you are doing it so that you feel better because the guilt on your conscience is probably like eating you alive. And sometimes you do just have to do it for yourself so that you feel better. And then it's the opportunity for your partner to know like what really happened and for them to go like, I didn't see that. That being said, though, there's nothing you can do. That cat's probably long gone. The one that's been replaced. So Uh all you're doing is bringing hurt onto your partner. Yeah, after years and years and years of happiness. So so why rock the boat? I, 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 I hear you i hear both sides i'm of the mindset and, and i i've been this way in relationships forever and i have a partner who i trust but also i was always of the mindset that don't go digging if you don't want to find something about your partner yeah because there's always going to be a text or a dm or a like on instagram or something that's going to make you uncomfortable also if they went digging in your accounts they would find something as well the happiest couples are still going to find something that makes them uncomfortable that maybe can't be explained because in the moment it maybe made sense i don't agree with that because one thing again that i'm learning in therapy our communication right now with me and lisa is brutal like it's all on the table she went through my phone my instagram my dm there's nothing that she doesn't already know so nothing's going to catch her off guard so nothing is going to be inappropriate because everything is all out there and the same with her but we got there by like getting brutally honest, putting it all out there after seven years, and we're kind of doing great because of it. Yeah. Don't so, get it. Yeah, don't get it twisted. I mean, my partner has my passwords to every single one of my accounts. So he can look at anything he wants to. But and, I mean, and just I, and to I the point too. of like, yeah. oh, there's always going to be a this or that. Like, I don't think so. And and if well, you have the communication. Yeah, I think that it, yeah, we'll talk about this on Therapy Thursday. I think it's a good, a good topic because uh, I, I think that when you go digging, the problem's already there. If you're going digging, there's already something wrong. Also you're looking agree with for, that. You're looking for a justification for something that you're uncomfortable about. Totally. God, that really got deep really quickly. No, don't I tell love her it. about the dead cat. Don't tell her about the dead or cat. Or maybe it's alive. We don't even know where it is. I don't know. Every time my therapist would say do it. Also, I hate cats. Irina said do it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know, they say everyone learns differently. Me, I, I like to experience things. And then I retain them forever. Yes. Are you the type that can just read something and hold on to it? Or do you also, I feel like you're probably more like me. You need to do something. And once you do it, then you know how to do it. Um, it depends. Because I can literally look at a sheet of lyrics and sing the song by heart. That is also true. Quickly. But also my brain just goes there. Can you read a book and retain everything in the book, though, immediately? Or yeah, is it a music most, thing? Yeah, yeah, for the okay. most part. Well, that's how you learn. Well, some people... Uh, learn through Pornhub, apparently, according to one teacher who is uh, he's a Taiwanese math professor. He takes his videos and he posts them on Pornhub, and they're just videos of him solving arithmetic, math questions on a chalkboard. Here's the kicker. He's not naked. He's not having sex. He's literally showing no skin. He wears a hoodie in every single one of these videos, and he's now got over 2 million views. How on earth? Wait, he's not naked? Nothing. There's nothing pornographic about them. These videos are 20, 30, 40 minutes long. Uh, and uh, yeah, he wears a hoodie the entire time. But is it is it is he doing the world a service on Pornhub? Can you imagine scrolling through there? I know when I get on Pornhub why I'm there. I'm there for a finite amount of time. It's usually a few minutes. I never, ever finish the videos. I usually exit with shame in my heart the moment I don't need the video anymore. But this guy wants you to stick around a little bit longer to learn arithmetic. You down for it? I think this is actually the most genius thing I've ever read. I think it's incredible. And if you don't agree, it speaks for itself. He said literally this unique marketing strategy... Uh, proved to be effective as he told the article that people who have seen his free content on the site have resulted in paying uh, customers for his courses. Isn't that wild? He says, he said back in the day, he's like online teaching has become super competitive because of the pandemic. It changed the world, right? And now you're, now you're taking your, your skills online when you can't meet with your students in person for a couple of years. And he says he can now attract a thousand students a year compared to just a few hundred uh, that he would get before the pandemic as a calculus tutor. He's making money now, honey. I think it's iconic. I think, you know, one of my friends, her name's Lexi Pantera. She's amazing. She was one of the first people to start music um, on uh, OnlyFans. And everyone kind of dragged her. They were like, mm. that's stupid. That Why would you do that? Well, didn't Nicki Minaj or Cardi B or somebody join OnlyFans also then eventually? They all are yeah. on OnlyFans yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And some of it is just strictly a, a lot of Lisa's DJ friends. Mm. They have all... Uh, like their mixes and stuff on OnlyFans. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's so smart. And I think that's how you have to start doing things. I think you have to get more creative. I think you have to get more strategic. Well, the social media apps, they evolve all the time, right? And Twitter used to just be like, political commentary there's full-on porn on twitter yeah like hardcore porn how i don't really fully understand but there are people who have an entire online followings on twitter and it's just like pornographic material yeah and somehow it exists yet you go over to instagram and you can't show like too much of your butt and it'll get it'll get flagged 
I had a photo taken down one time. Yeah. Well, you know, there's this other thing going around on Instagram. I felt like Instagram. I had to admit that right now. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for that. Uh, there's a thing going out on Instagram now where uh, Instagram has set I know what you're saying. the settings for you. You posted this on your Insta story. Yeah. yeah. And it's true. I went to the settings and it was. It was marked for me. And I was like, no, I want to look at whatever content I want to look at. Yeah. I switched it months ago because I think Ashley Marie Preston had shared that and said, listen, there's a reason that they're, they're, they're flagging content by trans women as pornographic yeah and saying it's not safe for your children it's why their content isn't being shared and it's just absurd it's why my my content oftentimes with my partner wasn't getting shared because there's two men in a photo together or kissing or using hashtags like you know lgbtq or, or love wins or queer love whatever and then instagram flags it and says they deem it inappropriate for their audiences yeah so this guy's working the system he's like okay cool i'm going to go the other route i love it i'm not going to get genius. pornographic i'm going to go so straight edge and so clean cut and then i'm going to bring you math i hate math i hate, math I, too. I hate numbers i hate math i don't too. like them they make me uncomfortable Unless the, unless they're numbers in my bank account. Yeah. Then I love them. Then I'm into it. <laughs> I think it's genius. What a great marketing tool. Love it. All right. Coming up in What's Poppin', who is the sexiest man after all? Turns out all you got to do is be funny for this one. Find out who next. Welcome back to the morning beat. It's bad news for me, but it's good news for somebody. Once again, I'm no longer the sexiest man alive according to People Magazine, but what do they know? Uh, but you do know who actually is the world's sexiest man alive, and you've got that for us in What's Poppin'. Yes, honey. Okay, so from Clueless to Friends to the Ant-Man franchise, Paul Rudd has played everything from heartthrob to hero. Now, he's the sexiest man alive, and I think this makes sense. I think um, he's so funny, and the man does not age. I swear to God, he looks the exact same that he did in Clueless. Um, but he was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and Colbert put Rudd through a series of sexiness tests, including a physical exam, a Westminster dog show-style judging round, and photo shoots as a construction worker and monk to show off whether he could make anything sexy, and it's so cute. We have a little audio. You're the sexiest man alive. I'm the sexiest man alive. I'm the sexiest man alive. You're the sexiest man alive. I'm the sexiest man alive. <laughs> I think he is sexy. Do you think he's sexy? No. You don't? Listen, he's basic. He, I love him. I think he's a great, uh, sexiest man alive. Come on. He's so basic and vanilla. Like, I get it. They're trying to be safe. But I follow 50 people on Instagram that are sexier than this guy. Like, I love what he does. I love him as an actor. But what does sexy mean? Like, sexy to me is humor. My number one thing in a relationship is you got to be funny. It can even be. Even over your looks. That can be. That's part of it for me, for sure. But, like, sexiest man alive? Come on. Paul Rudd? Well, I kind of get it. I like him. I think he's <laughs> cute. Congratulations. It was fun. A stupid skit. I'm not going through a Westminster uh, dog show run. Who I, would you choose if you could choose the sexiest man on the I don't know. Like, I, I think that people, I think it's, I, I understand what they, they have to do. He's very cis, very white, very straight. It's just like, come on, we've done this a gajillion times. Like, why are we doing this again? It can't be Brad Pitt every other year and then a Paul Rudd. Like, uh, Michael B. Jordan was a good pick for me. I like that one. Um, I don't know. I think there's a. I mean, it all. 
it's a big publicity stunt. Come on, guys. He has Ghostbusters Afterlife coming out. Uh, I what, know. A week I, from now. I listen. I get the game. I understand how Hollywood yeah. works. I work in it. But I'm just saying, like, sexiest man alive. Like, maybe like most adorable man alive. Like adorable man child. Maybe that would make Pretty more sense though. to me. Yeah. I don't know. I think they just need. To, I think they need to like broaden their reach a little bit on People Magazine and just maybe like spread the net, cast the net a little bit wider. Yeah. Do you know, not another another guy from Marvel. Like they've all been sexiest man alive at some point in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, they have. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like, come on, so, little, something new maybe. I don't know. All right, well we're over it. Now coming up our next hour. <laughs> I convinced you that quickly. I love it. Red, white, and Q. Sam on Biden's infrastructure win is Build Back Better next, and bipartisanship is it dead now? We discuss. Hey, that's us. We're the Morning Beat. Hey, honey. We're AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Good morning. Do you ever, do you ever like pinch yourself? You're like, we do radio? Like, this gets broadcast somewhere. Yeah. Like, people listen to us. People like us. When we were in Palm Springs this week, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. You listen? People knew the segments we did last week. Yeah. I didn't. That, that shocked me. Yeah. I love it. I loved it, too. So, they're, wait, that means they're hearing this right now, aren't they? They can hear everything. Right. I should probably get back to my job. Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, in about 14 minutes, we're joined by Samuel Garrett-Pate, our political expert, uh, talking about uh, Biden's big win. His infrastructure bill has passed. Uh, it's going to his desk now. Could Build Back Better be next? And this this could be an era of either bipartisanship again but that's highly unlikely. Yeah. Could this be the end? Uh, we're talking to him coming up in just a moment. Uh, but right now, it's time for some news on the beat. Michaela, what's going on? Okay, honey. Well, new subpoenas continue to flow from the committee investigating the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Now, the panel announced 10 more subpoenas yesterday, following six on Monday. These new subpoenas affect a range of high-profile officials close to Donald Trump during his presidency, including senior advisor Stephen Miller and press secretary Kaylee McEnany. Uh, now here, now I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, a federal judge denied Trump's attempt to withhold records from the committee, allowing it to access hundreds of pages of documents from his time in office. The National Archives is scheduled to deliver a trove of call logs, video logs, schedules, and notes to the House on Friday. And other news, as expected, uh, Pfizer announced they are seeking an amendment to the FDA's emergency use authorization for their COVID-19 vaccine that would allow booster shots for everyone 18 and older. Federal health officials have repeatedly expressed concern about waiting immunity as the U.S. enters the winter months. The public is facing another dangerous pandemic obstacle as well. Misinformation. Nearly 80% of Americans have been exposed to false claims about COVID-19. According to a survey data from the Kaiser Family Foundation, with the most common claim being that the government is exaggerating COVID-19 death counts, about 3 in 10 respondents believed or weren't sure about common vaccine misinformation regarding side effects. Okay, so in queer news, risk of suicide. <laughs> Let's go to our community. Yeah, hi, guys. You're like, Sorry yikes. about that. I'm like, whoa. You're like, gulp. It's 7.09 a.m. on the Pacific Coast. Well, uh, honey, so let's. Not about to get Move any. On. Not about to get any better in regards to our mental health. A risk of suicide for queer people extends well into adulthood. Researchers are finding the study is notable for its large sample, as well as breaking down results by age and race, which is often overlooked in studies about LGBTQ health. Using data for adults ages 18 to 64 in the U.S., the National Survey of Drug Use and Health from 2015 to 2019, which had over 190,000 participants. The researchers were able to break down demographics, not just by gender and sexual orientation, but also by race and age. Examining the data about suicidal thoughts, plans, and attempts to determine a level of suicide risk for different groups, the researchers found that lesbian, gay, and bisexual adults 
had between three and six times more risk for suicide than straight people, even when the data was adjusted for race, age, education, children, income, and other factors. For queer men, 12 to 17% said they had suicidal thoughts in the past year. Queer men were about four times more likely to say they had planned a suicide the past year compared to straight men, but that risk stayed the same across age groups. But queer men ages 35 to 64 were at a much higher risk of attempting suicide compared to younger queer men. For queer men, for queer women, between 11% and 20%, depending on age and race, had suicidal thoughts in the previous year. Queer women were about four times as likely as straight women to say they planned or attempted a suicide in the past year. Their risk of suicide decreased somewhat with age. Mm. Take care of your mental health, you guys. It's so serious. And ask for help. It's literally the most important factor in your life is your mental health. It affects everything. Yes. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 90 in the King to 90 in Cathedral City, 55 in Chicago, 68 in Baltimore, 84 in Phoenix, 64 in Kansas City, 79 in Houston, 88 in Palm Springs, 77 in Vegas, and 73 in Los Angeles. I need you to look up something for me right now. What? What's the weather in New York City? 66. I'm going there this weekend. That's I'm right, you are. the Wendy Williams show on Monday. That's right, you are, honey. The full hour. Amen. I'm leaving you high and dry. Uh, but, uh... She's more famous. So. How you doing? So, How you doing? So that's where I, I go where the fame goes. I love it, honey. Well, don't you worry. I will be here to take care of it. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to make it a best of. I'm going to call in. <laughs> I'll be back Tuesday. She will be here yes, live on the air. You're, it's going to be amazing. I'm here, so happy for you. Thank you. Here's your vibe of the day. When you let go of what you think you need, you clear space for the universe to bring you what you really want. Amen. Let go of those old, like this, those old beliefs about your self worth. Just let them go. Let them go. I know that's so hard, but let them go. All right, coming up in Red, White, and Q, Sam on Biden's infrastructure win. Is Build Back Better next? And bipartisanship, is it dead now? We discuss next. I don't think it's an exaggeration to suggest that we took a monumental step forward as a nation. I think the one message that came across was get something done. It's time to get something done. President Joe Biden did exactly what he said he was going to do. It took a little bit longer than maybe people wanted, uh, but bipartisanship sort of saved the day as his $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill was passed by the House last week. Uh, We're joined now by our political expert, Samuel Garrett-Pate. Sam, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. We're good. Uh, We are thriving. We're thriving. We're we're proud of Joe Biden. We're proud of most of the Democrats. We're proud of a few Republicans who who co-signed this bill. It feels bipartisan, at least in the House. Um, What does this mean for bipartisanship moving forward? Can he still make it happen, or is this the end of an era? Well, even even more bipartisan in the Senate, actually. I mean, Remember, Mitch McConnell voted for this. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. The infrastructure bill on this part of it, yes. Yes, that did not make uh, that did not make the former president very happy. He put out a one of his bizarre statements yesterday, um, accosting Mitch McConnell for voting for the infrastructure bill, mostly just because he's jealous that he couldn't get it done in four years, and Joe Biden got it done in nine months. But you know, uh, I, I. I hate talking about him. Um, no, this is a huge win. It's a huge win for the country. It's, to your point, it's a win for bipartisanship, certainly. Um, but it's also a win for LGBTQ people in particular, right? Um, 
I mean, if you just look at, at the expansion of broadband access across the country, right? We Obviously, there's a lot of money in here for hard infrastructure, which is, you know, roads, bridges, something that anyone who drives a car or, uh, you know, rides on a bus to work every day knows is sorely needed in this country. Um, but there's also money for, for upgrading our infrastructure like access to broadband Internet, um, which for LGBTQ kids who may be living in rural areas where they feel isolated, they can't they don't feel like they have a connection to the community um, or, or they just need to go on uh, the Trevor Project's website and, and chat with someone because they're, you know, feeling down or in crisis. I mean, expanding broadband access in this country is a huge win for LGBTQ people, especially those in rural areas. Um, and, and, and so I don't think that should be lost on us, that, that this is specifically uh, a win for our community in particular. Um, you know, I think that I, I study and listen to you as much as I can, and obviously all the news articles, but one thing that I think was making me nervous is that, you know, never to talk bad about Biden either, but people are now not happy with Biden. And for me, it makes me feel like, like, where are we headed? Like, I just feel really confused. I feel like everybody's fighting more than usual. Maybe everyone's lived through this before, but it seems like it seems really bad right now. I don't. Uh, I think she, I don't I think, know that I agree. Well, I think she's seen his I mean, polling his his polling numbers tank right now. People are saying they're not happy with Joe Biden. His numbers are low. I'm not saying, and I'm yeah. not saying that's just Biden. I'm saying going from Trump to where we are now, and watching the GOP and watching everything happen, and now also Democrats are getting upset with Biden and Kamala, which they are some of them. Yeah. For me, as an average American who's yeah. somebody who's not in the political arena, no, somebody who goes sure. to drag well, look, brunch yeah, every Sunday, no, like I. I I hear you. I, I, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are tired of the pandemic. I'm tired of the pandemic. You're tired of the pandemic. We're all tired of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, the fact that we are now at over 70% of Americans being fully vaccinated means that we can get to the end of this pandemic. It's just going to take a bit more time, right? Mm. So I do think that people's, the, the overall mood uh, about the direction of the country is going to improve with that. I would also say that, you know, all of these uh, approval rating polls, right, um, that we've been seeing over the last few weeks showing the president's approval ratings go down, were taken before the infrastructure package got passed, right? These polls were conducted as things felt like they were getting stalled in Congress, right? The president had run on making the largest infrastructure investment uh, in a generation, and that hadn't happened yet. He'd run on his Build Back Better agenda, and that hasn't happened yet. Um, except then this weekend, the infrastructure deal did happen, and the Build Back Better agenda did pass through the House, um, is now going to be uh, uh, you know, amended in the Senate, and then it's going to go back to the House for an up or down vote. I mean, the, we are on the precipice of getting huge transformational change in this country, and to your point, AJ, the average American hasn't felt it yet, yeah. but it's coming. Well, okay, that's, right? I guess when, that's my when, question. When people so, start seeing roads and bridges being rebuilt, when uh, Democrats in rural areas have broadband access for the first time, like this is going to take some time. Yeah. But when it gets done, people are going to be so incredibly happy. They're going to their lives are going to be impacted. I mean, when we talk about Build Back Better, if if Congress can get that done and the president can sign it. 
We will expand preschool, universal preschool, to every three and four year old in the United well, States. So here's of my real question: for the real first talk time in history. Yeah, real talk. That's all fantastic, and I love that, and I understand how the political process works. But we're going into the midterms in a year. And then we've got another election in three, right? So when do you think that the impact of these bills, if they both get get passed, will be felt by Americans? Because I feel like Americans have a short – they have short-term memory loss and they want instant gratification, which is why I think Donald Trump is so popular. And I feel like is this stuff going to take two, three years to take effect and then all of a sudden Republicans are going to turn around and say, well, we're going to take credit for this now? Because I feel like a lot of people well, don't really pay attention and that's a fear of mine. And that's the job of the administration, right? Mm, the administration yeah. now – has this money from the infrastructure bill. It's their job to spend it. Um, that's the job of the first ever uh, Senate confirmed openly gay cabinet official, yeah. Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete. Yep. to go out and spend this money in our communities to, to, to improve our infrastructure. It's the job of other agencies to, like I said, expand broadband. I, I mean, there are going to be rural communities in this country who are going to have broadband access for the first yeah, time that's, I, that's ever. Huge. You're absolutely right. right. And listen, and and, ha- and and Democrats got that done. A Democratic yep. president signed that into law. Like You're right. it is our job to go out and communicate that to people who are skeptical or or who you know voted for Joe Biden but then felt like they didn't see progress fast enough. I will note though. Well, wait, so Pete, I, I want in you to nine continue. What the last three presidents haven't been able to do in in their entire term. Well, I want to continue this conversation with you as we're running out of time. Coming up in Red, White, and Q, we want to talk to Sam McGarrett-Pete on log cabin Republicans and their misguided beliefs coming up next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Smart, she's fashionable, she's stylish, and she also has the heart of a mother. Melania Trump has always been a great friend to the LGBT community and an inspiration to millions of people. We know her gay friends are dear and she'd never let us down. Let's be honest, the gays love First Lady Melania Trump. Now don't get me wrong, we love President Trump too, but man, she made him look good. Like WTF. Let's be honest. I have no you, idea what that was. I don't know how to even intro this segment. It's I time literally... for Red, White, and Q again with Samuel Garrett Pay. Samuel, uh, this is really breaking news. The fight for equality for our community is over. Look, We're here's good. what I heard, okay? Because you guys are going to jabber on, and I'm not going to say one thing because I don't know what's going on. But Melania <laughs> Trump, if she's back in the news, I've got gigs again. And so I actually applaud the Log Cabin Republicans. Thank you so much for bringing back my career. I'd like to burn their cabins down. What are your thoughts? I just threw up in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but in all, I don't in, even know. Like, in, in what, all seri- what, is, what is there to say? In that all seriousness, so though, like I didn't even watch it. In, I just listened to it, and I so feel sick. I don't. I I I try to be very kind to our log cabin Republican brothers and sisters. I guess there are probably some females somewhere, but it seems like a bunch of white guys to me, and it feels problematic. And to to declare that the fight for equality is over as we're now seeing that more trans women have been murdered this year than in any year prior. Like, there's so much still going on, and it just feels so tone-deaf 
to be like, it's over and Melania is cute. Yeah. Like, what, what is that? Right. So, so for context for people, long cabin Republicans, gay, LGBT, or I mean, really LG, uh, Republican organization <laughs> yes. that's been around for decades, um, was actually an effective sort of group within the movement, um, helping to get Don't Ask Don't Tell repealed um, until the Trump era. And they went hardcore, you know, America first MAGA style. Um, and so now they have most recently declared that the uh, fight for LGBT civil rights in this country is largely over. They are going to focus on uh, Iran and was it Afghanistan? I, I don't even remember at this point. Mm. Um, they're going to focus on LGBTQ civil rights in the Middle East because they think that in the year of our Lord 2021, when state legislatures across the country uh, advanced more anti-trans bills than ever before in the nation's history, uh, when more there have been more recorded deaths of trans people uh, than than any other year in in the nation, um, they think that the the fight for LGBT civil rights is, here is over and. Melania Trump, who uh, has done literally nothing for any LGBT literally in her nothing. entire life, <laughs> is their hero. But they also love Donald Trump, too. Don't get them wrong. It's just wild to me. It feels like this is what happens when exhausting. Like, the nerds, exhausting. nerds get a little bit of power. Like a nerd gets a little bit of power and they're like, yeah, America first. And we're going to prove it by saying we support homosexuals in Afghanistan. Like, what does that even mean? Like, Don't, what, don't the, be mean to nerds. I, I, don't be mean I'm, to nerds. Listen, I'm a nerd. You're totally a nerd. <laughs> I love that nerd. about you. My fiance is uh, a nerd. We are, and we are not, we are not log cabin. <laughs> Look, I, I, I do want to be really clear here, right? Equality California is a nonpartisan organization. There are LGBTQ Republicans in this country who, who <clears throat> are a part of our movement, who support LGBTQ civil rights, they just don't belong to log cabin Republicans, which has become a Trump organization, basically, mm-hmm. um, that is, is supposed to somehow pinkwash uh, the the Republican Party, uh, the, the Trump Republican Party, um, and and his MAGA movement. Is there um, a differentiation though not, nowadays? Because like. But- I, I think a lot of people were like for a long time were like, well, I'm a Republican, but not a Trumper. And at this point, is there a real difference anymore? Because it feels like every yeah. Republican is on board with Trump. Um, no. I mean, look, even in Congress, you have a handful who are not, right? Like Adam Kinzinger. Well, who's not um, running for re-election. I mean, they're all stepping aside, it feels I, like. I, I understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying they are people who identify as Republicans. But it's getting fewer and fewer, right? We're seeing a lot of longtime Republicans leave the party because they've seen that it's been entirely co-opted by this un-American, fascist-leaning crazy man. Um, and they, they don't want to be affiliated with that. And I, I understand it. And, you know, look, I, I'm not saying Adam Kinzinger is like a champion for LGBTQ civil rights. And I think this is this is a, a point that um, is sometimes lost on people that just because someone is anti-Trump does not mean that they are pro-equality or progressive in any way. Um, but 
But the Republican Party itself has become so singularly focused on supporting this one well, I will, crazy, to your point, tyrant, to your point, I will say, speak to your point, and, no and this, is, this is going to be shady speaking of log cabin Republicans. He's not necessarily one, but he probably secretly is, is our, our Lady G, Lindsey Graham, um, who I feel like is a flaming homosexual behind closed doors. But that's just my opinion. That's that's just me just in a hopeful scenario. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I will <laughs> say I can't associate myself with those comments. Absolutely. But... And you don't and you don't need to, honey. I will all day. I'll take the heat for that. But he has called Joe Biden the most incompetent president in his lifetime. We just lived through Donald Trump. Joe Biden is a longtime friend of his. Like, it just feels like the Republican Party's lost their minds. Well, that was to back to my question of, like, what do we do? Because it all just feels so out of control. But Sam Garrett-Pate, we love you. Um, also, I will be singing at the Equality Awards while DJ Lisa Pittman was DJing in Palm Springs this weekend. So I hope to see you there. Thanks for all the work that you do. Absolutely. I and will see you Friday. We'll see you Friday. Now, coming up, Wendy Williams is breaking her silence on her health scare. And AJ's actually hosting her show on Monday. So maybe he'll have some insight in what's popping coming up next. So this What's Poppin' hits a little close to home. Michaela, what do you got? Amen, honey. Well, Wendy Williams obviously has not been in studio due to health issues. So much so that, so excitingly, you're going to be hosting the show Monday for the full hour. How you doing? And I'm so excited because she's had a lot of fill-in hosts. From my girls Michelle Visage to Leah Remini to now you. I cannot wait. Uh, but it is actually quite scary that that in all seriousness, she's not headed back yet again. Yeah, um, she has gone through a lot the last few years. Obviously, the divorce uh, took a took a toll on her. Finding out that her husband, executive producer and manager, he was literally everything. Uh, Kevin, uh, the father of her child, had a child with another woman. I honestly don't know. I, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. Well, either. on on top of Graves' disease, which she's been in, dealing with, and lymphedema, which she's been dealing with for years, and then a global pandemic. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot on her mental health. Her and physical health. And also, she's had to get sober, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother battle. So she's been she sobriety's been like a, a journey for her for a minute, and and I don't know where she stands on that, so I can't speak on any of that. I will say this. I will be there Monday. Uh, I'm flying out this weekend uh, to co-host the entire hour, and I'm excited. I'm grateful. Uh, I, I want her back in that chair because nobody does it like Wendy. Uh, but I'm grateful. Their their entire family, uh, Deb Bar Mercury, Fox, the Wendy Williams team, they are literally like family to me. They've uh, given me opportunities over the years when I wasn't getting a lot of other opportunities. Yeah. And they always treat me like a professional. Uh, they treat me like I am family and like I'm part of the team and I'm appreciative. I can't wait. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a good day. I just hope Wendy gets back soon. Absolutely. There's nothing, honey, there's nothing like sitting there with Wendy on live TV. Oh my God. And not yeah. knowing where she's going to go and having to keep up with her. I, love I think it. you're wild. She's a whole different level. She's she, a wild girl. She came from radio. She was in radio for decades. Yeah. That's how, That's she how I feel about Michelle Visage, yep. who also came from radio. Yep. There's a whole world there. Well, I can't wait to watch you. I'm so excited. Um, and although it's very sad for Wendy, I'm so proud of you. Now, coming up, a 2021, I'm sorry, 2021 hits a grim record. How do we stop this new deadly epidemic? We're going to discuss next. On halfway there, my favorite moment of the week. Let's go, baby! It's all downhill from here. Yes. Uh, we've got a great hour coming up for you. Uh, 2021. It's, it's sad news, but it's important news. Uh, we've hit a grim record. 
as uh, more trans women have been murdered this year than in any year prior. Uh, what do we do about it? How do we stop it? We're having a really thoughtful conversation coming up in just a moment, about 15 minutes. Uh, But right now, it is time for some news on the beat. Michaela, take it away. Okay, well, risk of suicide for queer people extends well into adulthood. Researchers at the National Institute of Mental Health found in a new study, the study is notable for its large sample as well as breaking down results by age and race, which is often overlooked in studies about LGBTQ health. Using data for adults ages 18 to 64 in the U.S., the National Survey of Drug Use and Health from 2015 to 2019, which had over 190,000 participants. The researchers were able to break down demographics, not just by gender and sexual orientation, but also by race and age. Examining the data about suicidal thoughts, plans, and attempts to determine a level of suicide risk for different groups, the researchers found that lesbian, gay, and bisexual adults had between three and six times more risk for suicide than straight people, even when the data was adjusted for race, age, education, children, income, and other factors. For queer men, 12% to 17% said they had suicidal thoughts in the past year. Queer men were about four times more likely to say they had planned a suicide the past year compared to straight men, but that risk stayed the same across age groups. But queer men ages 35 to 64 were at a much higher risk of attempting suicide compared to a younger queer male. Now for queer women, between 11% and 20%, depending on age and race, had suicidal thoughts in the previous year. Queer women were about four times as likely as straight women to say they planned or attempted a suicide in the past year. Their risk of suicide decreased somewhat with age. Uh, Okay, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 66 in New York. Do you want to know what it's going to be on Monday? What's it going to be Monday in New York? 52 in New York. How about Sunday? Sunday, 52 in New York. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be... Can't wait. Listen, we went on a whole rant yesterday about 66 being freezing to death in LA. I love 52, to be honest. Here's why. I can wear a nice chunky sweater and a nice fall jacket and like like maybe a scarf even, some gloves, and it's yes. cute, but I don't freeze. But you're not like freezing to death. No, I'm going to look cute. I'm, I've been looking up uh, theater tickets to go see a show on Broadway. That's so cute. So I get in Sunday for Wendy Williams on Monday morning, so maybe Sunday e- evening I'll go see a show. Oh my God, I love that. It's going to be so cozy. I'm VV gay. You AJ, are. you should probably see that uh, Moulin Rouge. I Justin, mean, it's a good, good movie. I know people talk like No, I'm it. already looking into it. Are, are, are you? Please. Justin, Moulin we literally talked about this yesterday. He Justin, said, I'm going to Moulin Rouge. This idea, Justin. No, we Justin. I mean, we talked about it off the air, but. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so maybe I'll go see Moulin Rouge. Okay. I love let's, the movie. Great. Now, let's do a little uh, 73 in LA. That'll be nice. 77 in Vegas, 90 in Palm Springs, 64 in Kansas City, 52 in Seattle, 70 in Baltimore, 66 in St. Louis, 90 in Cathedral City, and 90 in La Quinta. I feel like you just named every city in the entire country. I feel like I did too. I feel like that was a lot of I feel like I wanted everyone to know what was happening. Yeah, well, just so you know, here's your vibe of the day. When you let go of what you think you need, you clear space for the universe to bring you what you really want. Amen. Do it. That's a good vibe. All right, coming up, uh, 2021 has hit a grim record. How do we stop this new deadly epidemic? We discuss next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, we try our best to keep things lighthearted here on our show. We are a morning show, and we're aware of that. We're also uh, the nation's first and only LGBTQ plus talk radio station. And when things are affecting our community, it's important that we speak up on them. 
which is why we're having this conversation right now. Uh, the Advocate just released a, a heartbreaking article uh, detailing the the death of Markeisha Lawrence. Her murder makes 2021 the deadliest year for trans people in our nation's Mm-mm. history uh, since we've been recording. She's the 45th trans, non-binary, or gender non-conforming person known to have died by violence in the U.S. this year. Last year, 44 deaths. This year, 45. We still have a month and a half left in the year. Uh, she's 28 years old, shot to death on November 4th in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I've been there. I actually vacationed on a lake there uh, a few years back. And um, I remember we stayed in a friend's cabin. Uh, it was a gorgeous cabin on the lake. And um, my sister's volleyball teammate from college her parents owned the cabin so we went there and did a whole family trip it was a blast and towards the end of the trip uh i had a friend who uh is african-american and a doctor uh, a surgeon who lived in atlanta just a few hours away and i said why don't you drive up for a couple of days and he drove up and we were going to dinner at like some italian or mexican restaurant or something just casual that night as a family and he says do you know what kind of place it is and my family, we were all sort of taken aback. This was before. It was like a decade ago. Yeah. And we're like, uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty casual. He's like, no, is it okay for me to go? And it wasn't registering for any of us, right? My very big, very white family. We're like, uh, of course, why wouldn't it be? He's like, well, I'm black and we're in South Carolina. And we're like, wait, what? Like still? In the 2000s? And that was a queer black man, mm-hmm. right? And he had to make sure he was safe to go to a restaurant in South Carolina. This was a, a it was a trans black woman. Yeah. And this story is all too common. And it's all too silent. I mean, I don't know of any mainstream media Mm-mm. talking about this, talking about how dangerous it is for trans women. And I think that when we talk about our trans community very publicly, it's oftentimes the GOP harassing them. And not wanting them to go to the bathroom. And the truth is, they have never, there's no record of a trans woman or man attacking anybody in the bathroom. But there are plenty of stories of trans men and women getting attacked by cis straight people. And those conversations aren't being had. And I feel like we're lucky living in L.A. But South Carolina is not progressive. And I often wonder, like... Like, how many times have you been like, oh, I wish I could move. Like, I'd love to live in New York, but it's, like, expensive. And I've got, like, a great job. Like, I I have a good life. And I'm like, oh, but, you know, it's expensive. Listen, I'm trying to get a new apartment right now that's over my budget. And I can feel myself being like, oh, I'm nervous. Like, okay, but I'm ready. I'm excited. Imagine a trans male or female being in a tiny, tiny town with no job, with no money. Well, how do you, yeah, how do you get the money if you can't get hired for a job? And then how do you get to move and change your life? Like you're just stuck there. By and large, most Americans stay within, you know, a 20 mile radius of the place they were born. That's just what people are. Most people don't migrate. And you add on top of that, the fact that you're trans or a person of color and you're less likely to get a job. And if you do get a job, you're less likely to make money. You're making 62 cents or 70 cents on the dollar that your cis white counterpart makes. It makes sense that you stay in a place like South Carolina, even though for for those of us who live in a city or who maybe have a good income, it might be like, that's wild. Just get out of there. There's a community for you somewhere. Not necessarily. No, there's not. There's not always a community. And, and that's why these stories are so heartbreaking, but also so important. I do want to point out that um, Markeisha's... Uh, her, her trans mother, Ebony Sinclair, said she will forever be remembered by her infectious smile and her heart of gold. Her favorite thing to do was to cook 
because it, she felt it filled the belly and fed uh-huh. the heart. One of our last conversations, she said to me, I've not always been the best I could be, but thank you for caring enough to still be here for me. Now, if that's not the most relatable thing in the entire world, she liked to cook for, cook for her friends and family because it fills the belly and fills the heart. Listen, first of all, I bet you she was a cancer sign because that feels very... Mm-hmm. And I feel Who like, can relate to that? Every human being on the planet. And also, somebody that wants to fill their friends and family's belly. Like, what kind of love is that? It was just the simple things for her. And it's just, a, you know, 46 deaths of trans uh, women have been tracked just this year alone. We talk about it all the time. And I, I feel like... I I don't really know the answer. I feel like we have these conversations. I don't really know where they go. I feel like the answer is representation. It's why all the programming that's coming out now matters. Yeah. Um, And I like, for instance, I watch, I'm obsessed now with Saved by the Bell. And the young actress, we've talked about her. uh, Gosh, what's her name? She transitioned. She used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toda. Um, uh, Toda. Yes. uh, I want to say Josie, but that's not right. Or is it? It is. And she is so hilarious and so incredible. And the way that Saved by the Bell uh, sort of addresses her storyline is so sort of insignificant that it makes it way more significant, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just so beautiful the way that they tell stories now. And that matters. It matters that we don't see trans people or queer people or non-binary people as like these sort of like demons or these sort of like... uh, characters that are stereotypes yeah we see them as human beings who just want to be treated as humans what is her name josie toda yeah josie yes. toda she's incredibly talented yeah and hilarious yeah and it's a non-issue with her castmates on the show yeah i think you're right i think that the answer is representation um and i think that you know like mj rodriguez as you're saying as you said michaela j she like, changed her name she did she goes by michaela j now mm-hmm MJ wants to be me. Because even think about that. MJ M- wants to be me. MJ is again could was sort of yeah. a way to be like uh it could, it's a co-ed sort of name. You don't really know, but she's like, no, I'm going to own it now. I'm oh, Michaela I love J. it. Love I it. love that. That's beautiful. She's stolen your thunder. You're mad, aren't you? But also inside, I'm brewing. You want to fight her? Can't. Wh- can I just be Michaela? You're now a, Michaela G. Michaela G. Michaela G and Michaela J. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What our hearts go out to to uh, Markeisha and every everyone who's been affected and 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 if and if you feel like you're not seen, if you feel like you're not heard, I just want you to know that you're loved by us and you've got a home here at Channel Q always. Yeah. You're a mean one. All right. So one woman has threatened to ruin Christmas for her entire block of apartments. Fine, After. I did it. I was pretty upset. Shut up and let me <laughs> intro a segment. Because her TV was stolen. Liz Anya was presumably raised by pasta-loving parents because she took to Twitter to share her terrifying warning to the person who took her ha- her, her her Jesus God, Justin. This article is from the Great Britain. The way they write this. Let me read exactly what's written here. Ready? A woman threatened to ruin Christmas for her entire block after flats of flats after her TV was stolen. Liz Anya, who was presumably raised by pasta-loving parents, took to Twitter to share her terrifying warning <laughs> to the person who nicked her telly. <laughs> Jesus God, Justin, why do you give us these articles from the UK? Nicked her telly. This, this happened in the US. I just pulled the. I want to tell you guys so a what? little story, and then we're going to get back on track. Okay. 
AJ and I will send Justin a story that is not out of the U.S. and he will say, no, 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 we it's can't not American. do it. It's no. not American. we got to talk and about American stories. every story Justin sends is from the U.K. Is from the UK. Because well, no, his wife, the UK, it's it's, because his wife is a quarter British and so he, he thinks, thinks he's that he's British. British. He thinks that he's the queen's like next of kin. He literally drinks his tea with his pinky up every Every morning. single day. Yeah. <laughs> is that a problem? It. So here's the, here's, the, here's the letter she wrote to her neighbors. To the person who stole my TV. Bring it back and all will be forgiven. Otherwise, there will be no Christmas in this building. I will steal every single package. I will steal every mat and every trash can. I will engage in warfare until the, t- the day I move out. It's up to you. You broke B-I-T-C-H. I don't say that word. You have 24 hours. <laughs> what a threat. Wouldn't you know it, though, less than 24 hours later, TV is set Stop. outside of her front door. Stop. Stop. Why did they this, say, okay. why did she say, I will engage warfare until I move out? First of all, I don't know if she's iconic or crazy. <laughs> Michaela, was this you? <laughs> Do you yes. think Michaela would take the time to write a handwritten note to her neighbors? I'd yell it. You just yell it I'd out your window. I'd go in the middle of the courtyard and yell she it. She knocked door to door. So this happens a lot oh, this in is my so building. Funny to me. And really? there, yes. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, I got a package. I, you know, I'm I'm a, a ambassador for Barefoot Wines, and I got a package from uh, one of the people at the production or at the the publicity, like the PR firm who who handles this deal for me. And they give us stuff that we can use in our social media posts. She brings over a huge box from Barefoot Wines. I set it in my mailroom for five minutes. Go outside with my dog. Walk back in. It's gone. Stolen. I'm not kidding. Every single day, there are packages just completely opened, and they just take what they want, and they leave. And there's no camera. There's a sign that says "Don't steal." I'm like, "Don't steal packages." Okay, that's going to deter people. So I get this frustration, especially yeah. if you and if you live in a shared community, a condominium or or apartment complex. This is a real deal. But, but I just, it's honestly, and I hear that and I understand her anger. It's just that I will steal every single package. I will steal every mat and every trash can. I will engage in warfare so you're gonna until take, the day I move so out. So you're going to take my trash out is what you're saying. Yeah. Like, thank you. Like trash can? Like, yes. That's a very odd, you know. Um, Not mats. Like, she just chose very odd wording. Like, just, okay. A few weeks ago in my building. So every morning when I take my dog out at like 4.45 a.m., I hear somebody's alarm going off and it goes off the entire morning and it went on for months. And I'm like, okay, you jerk. Every one of us hears that. It wakes up so many people every morning and they just let it go and go and go, right? Sort of like what you do to Lisa. Yes. You just keep hitting snooze. Oh my God, I know. But they don't hit snooze, they just let it go. And it's the biggest, like, it's the most, like, to me. How loud is it that it's letting everybody. So loud. Oh my God. And so somebody finally wrote a long letter and posted it in the elevators and in the lobby and said, listen, you prick, basically. Like, you're so inconsiderate of all the people who live in this community. That you let your alarm go off for an hour every day. I've called I've called the the leasing office. I've called security. There's nothing that can be done. So for the love of God, would you just turn off your effing alarm? What you happened? Quit being a lazy loser and just letting it go. It's inconsiderate. Never heard the alarm again. Stop. So they Stop. must have read it. Strongly, I love it. Strongly worded letters work, folks. I know. That's wild. Because I'm like, who's this? That's thing? good to know. Because I was thinking this inconsiderate jerk whoever it was is going to like laugh at the letter 
And if they're not paying attention to their alarm clock, they're probably not paying attention to the letter, but it actually One worked. time somebody, actually, this has happened to me. One time I parked my car and I parked it on the street and I parked it like kind of in front of my house, but the way I parked it kind of like took up what could have been two spaces. But, like I was just racing home and I walked out to my car and there was a note and it was so foul. It was like, listen, bitch, you better, uh, you better be more considerate when you park your car. More people can park. And then, you know, I got so mad. I ripped the letter. I swear to God, I did what you did in that scary movie. I ripped it and I was like, what are you waiting for? Like, I, <laughs> I know what you did last summer. So good. I was so mad at that guy. I love how you just referenced scary movie, which was actually referencing I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Pull it together. My bad. That was bad. I'm, write me a strongly worded letter on I'll how do, I I'll, could do better. Right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> You're listening to The Morning Beat. You're about to listen to Michaela go off on uh, all things pop culture. It's time for What's Poppin'. It's time for What's Poppin'. Okay, this is a big deal, you guys. What you, do you get, like, freaky-deaky this when you hear this? This music makes me feel weird. It makes me feel weird. Okay, well, it's uh, the soundtrack from Squid Game. And what? You, you didn't pluralize it. Yeah, oh, you, called it you called it Squid Game. Okay, if you guys don't know this, I call, I call it Squid's Game. No, every you don't. Day. You call it Squid, Squid Games. Games. <laughs> I call it Squid Games. And every time I say that, AJ goes, there's literally no ass, Michaela. It's just Squid Game. So, Squid Game is back. The creators saying second season on its way. The reaction to the series has left him with no choice but to make another. And he said there's been so much demand, love, and attention for a season two. So I feel I have no choice but to make a season two. He said I have a rough idea about it, but I think it's too early to say when or how specifically. But I can promise you this. Jihoon will come back and he will do something for the world. Now, if you guys don't remember the end of season one... Um, Jihoon was what? Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert! Everybody saw Squid Game. If they haven't seen it yet, they're never gonna watch it ever. 117 million families tuned in, and there's that's probably was probably a billion. Actually, I'm just saying a million. Now listen, he gets on that plane to go see his daughter. He turns around, and you don't know where he's going. And I'm terrified he's going back. God, it makes me nervous. Uh, okay, but I'm really excited about it. I hope he goes back has to. Yeah. What makes me sad, though, is if you did watch Squid Game, uh, we're going to... It's sad and exciting. Again, spoiler alert, you're going to have to get to know an entirely new cast because nobody's returning. Yeah. Right? So that's weird. But I'm also curious to see where this goes because there is one character in particular that could return, um, and I want to see where that goes. Absolutely. I totally do. He was going for a swim last time we saw him. So I think there's a lot more to explore there, and I want a lot more answers. Yeah, I do too. Terrified. All right, you guys, we're coming up in our final hour. Uh, We're talking about a gift-giving event. A bride is demanding very real gifts despite non-existent bridal shower that was branded icky. Is this a, am I an a-hole? Am I, am I an a-hole? I mean, I'm asking as a personal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Coming up in our final hour here on The Morning Beat. Uh, Thank you for joining us. By the way, uh, how about another story about a wedding? I would love to do a story about a wedding. Listen, we've got a story about your wedding, and I'm not happy about it. I'm going to pull my hair out because... Do you want to talk about it really quick? Planning a wedding is a headache. 
And when I'm getting emails constantly from this resort in Mexico, <laughs> listen, the thing I love about Mexico is also the thing that I hate. It's very laid back, very lax, yeah, which is fantastic until you're trying to plan a very uh, luxurious, complicated wedding for 100 plus people. Mm-hmm. And the the lack of sort of fire under their butts drives me crazy because my yeah. partner and I are very type A. We work in Hollywood. We want to get things done yesterday. Like we work hard and they're very, very complicated. So uh, this has been a process and we're not even, we're still, gosh, seven, eight months out. I know. I feel so bad. I mean, listen, you guys don't know all of the things, but I do because I'm part of the wedding. I'm actually the bride. <clears throat> and so <laughs> you're not I, the bride. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys have put in so much work. I, I do want to give you a little kudos because um well, we've flown down there twice. Yeah. Listen, I, I didn't realize how difficult it was planning a wedding until I saw how you guys were planning <sighs> your wedding. Yeah. And you also have your own projects going on. There's so much going on. I mean, and we're just to, trying to stay focused on the love. I know, I know, but you guys are really <laughs> killing it. And so it does. It makes me mad that uh, you know, that the venues or anything doesn't come through. Or like if I come into work tomorrow uh, with chunks of hair missing, it's because I pulled my own hair. I'll out. give you some of my weave. It's kind of you have a lot of it. You can have it. It's, you're, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I'm gonna make that joke oh, till you. the day I die. No, but coming up in about 12 minutes from right now, uh, a bride uh, made a demand for very real gifts uh, from her guests, but the uh, actual bridal shower very much not real. She wants the gifts with no party. Is that weird? Or is she just saving everybody some time? We discuss coming up in a little bit. Right yes. now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Okay, so new subpoenas continue to flow from the committee investigating the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The panel announced 10 more subpoenas yesterday following six on Monday. These new subpoenas affect a range of high-profile officials close to Donald Trump during his presidency, including senior advisor Stephen Miller and press secretary Kaylee McEnany. McEnany never can. Meanwhile, a federal judge denied Trump's attempt to withhold records from the committee, allowing it to access hundreds of pages of documents from his time in office. The National Archives is scheduled to deliver a trove of call logs, video logs, schedules, and notes to the House on Friday. Now, in other news, as expected, Pfizer announced they are seeking an amendment to the FDA's emergency use authorization for their COVID-19 vaccine that would allow booster shots for everyone 18 and older. Federal health officials have repeatedly expressed concern about waning immunity as the U.S. enters the winter months. The public is facing another dangerous pandemic obstacle as well. Misinformation. Nearly 80% of Americans have been exposed to false claims about COVID-19. According to survey data from the Kaiser Family Foundation, with the most common claim being that the government is exaggerating COVID-19 death counts, about 3 in 10 respondents believed or weren't sure about common vaccine misinformation regarding side effects. Uh... But we've had really big conversations about that and we'll continue to this week and what the health. Now, another news risk of suicide for queer people extends well into adulthood. Researchers at the National Institute of Mental Health found in a new study published in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine. The study is notable for its large sample, as well as breaking down results by age and race, which is often overlooked in studies about LGBTQ health. Using data for adults, Ages 18 to 64 in the U.S., the National Survey of Drug Use and Health from 2015 to 2019, which had over 190,000 participants. The researchers were able to break down demographics, not just by gender and sexual orientation, but also by race and age. Examining the data about suicidal thoughts, plans, and attempts to determine a level of suicide risk for different groups, 
The researchers found that lesbian, gay, and bisexual adults had between three and six times more risk for suicide than straight people, even when the data was adjusted for race, age, education, children, income, and other factors. Okay, let's do a little weather. It's going to be a high of 90 in La Quinta, 90 in Cathedral City, 57 in Cleveland, 54 in Buffalo. Okay, bro, not this okay, one. This is getting crazy. Look at my phone. I won't even do anything. 54. Well, let's just say there's temperatures all over the country. Okay, got it. We're back. Oh, we're, we're, back. Back. We're, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Got it. Got it. 82 in Miami. Way to cover for me. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. 66 in Kansas City, 90 in Palm Springs, 77 in Vegas, 72 in L.A., 66 in New York. We hate 66, but sort we like 52. Sort of all over the place. Yeah, it is. It is all over the place. Okay, give us a vibe. Here's your vibe. When you let go of what you think you need, you clear space for the universe to bring you what you really want. Amen. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, coming up, a bride's demand for very real gifts despite a non-existent bridal shower has been branded icky. And we're asking, who's the a-hole? Coming up next. Gosh, that music gives me anxiety right now. Planning a wedding is stressful. I'm starting to understand why bridezillas are created to begin with. My own wedding planning is just driving me bonkers. Uh, But how about this one? So a bride has decided to have a wedding shower, but not really. She wants to be showered with the gifts, but she doesn't want to have the party. Um. Is it tacky or is it convenient? I I don't know. Here's the thing. I think that Okay, is that you so you have the bridal party to get presents? Is that no, the not reason? a bridal party, a bridal shower. I mean a bridal shower. You have yeah. a bridal shower to get presents. Yes, it's part of like it's part of like the build up to the wedding. Like the lead up to the wedding, you usually have like some sort of a wedding shower, a bridal shower. It's like having a baby shower. But one of the drawbacks is that costs you money. Yeah. So you spend money. So people can come give you things. Yeah. I don't know if I... I don't know if I hate this idea. Like, because now watching you get married... It's such a pain. It's really expensive. Yeah. So that would be even more stress to throw a bridal shower. Now, I think usually your maid of honor throws it for you. That's how it's supposed to go. Yes. And like your bridesmaids kind of come. But like they also have lives. Maybe they don't want to do that. Yes, of course. And so I think that... But do you ask for gifts still, or do you say we're going to skip it all? Because I, so logically, I can understand this woman being like, listen, we don't want to spend the money, but we need the gifts, so go ahead and give them to us. Right? I logically get that. And low key, I would be fine with it. I'm like, I don't really want to go. I don't really want to go to the, I hate going to these sorts of things. Totally. They're annoying. I'll just send you something. I didn't go to Justin's wedding, not because I was I didn't want to go necessarily, but I also didn't want to go. I I was booked. Thank you. I booked a gig and I sent him a gift uh, over the phone, right? Um, but also, Loki, I don't like going to things that much. I know that makes me crazy. I don't like going to birthday dinners. I'm not a huge fan of weddings. I don't like going to events. Yeah. But that's just real. I'll yeah. send you a gift if it gets me out of it. Well, I think with the gifts, for me, I think that I can come from just a really understanding place that, like, you are getting married. It's going to be expensive. If we're going to, if you want, if, if you're going to get gifts, ask for what you really want. I get that because listen, we're doing a destination wedding, and we don't expect people to bring us gifts or to give us things. Like we don't, we have we have a, a site set up on our wedding site, and if you want to like donate to our house fund because we want a house, 
That's great. We have yeah. everything else that we need. We don't need appliances. We don't need like you know. What I mean, we don't need that stuff. Um, we've been together for ten years. We've lived together for eight years. Like we don't need those things anymore. We also don't expect for you to spend above and beyond what you spend on a destination wedding. Some people will still give. That's lovely, and we appreciate it. But we don't expect it. So I, I personally, I think it's tacky. But also, I kind of get it. Yeah, I don't think she's the a-hole. I'm going to be honest. I can see where people think that she'd be icky uh, or that would be weird. But I, I don't. I don't think so. if you don't want to give something, don't give anything. Yeah, but also, like, really, let's get real. Engagement par- I threw an engagement party last minute for a friend of mine because she wasn't going to have one. Those things are still work. Yeah. Those things still take time out of your day. It's like a whole thing. And are they really that fun at the end of the day? No. Like the pageantry of it all, like the the tradition of it all. I'm marrying a man. Like I'm already breaking tradition. Yeah. Like I'm okay breaking a few more. People ask us all the time, like, are you doing this and this and this and this? We're like, do we have to? Like, do I have to do those things? Because I don't really care. Justin, you got married. Did you have a bridal party? Uh, yeah. Uh, Lauren had a bridal shower. Uh you know, and that's fine. Like, we weren't expecting a lot of gifts then. What we were expecting was, you know, like people that came to the wedding would bring gifts because, you know, it's traditional. A lot of people didn't. Yeah, I get that. Um See, I don't I feel like I think it's weird because because you're like okay so we're spending this much money per person for our wedding and that's mm-hmm. a real thing every yeah. single wedding's like that is is it's a hundred dollars a person a thousand dollars per whatever however whatever your budget is right yeah so based on how nice the wedding is you're expected to bring a gift that's sort of like uh like on par with that offset yeah. the cost yeah that's that's insane to me that's crazy to me because I'm like what's the point of this all we're all just putting money into a system into an economy a, a wedding system that is making money for everybody else. While everybody else in the system is losing money. But then on the flip side of that, you just cut out a wedding ceremony and have people send you things. That's crazy too. So I don't know what the answer is. I think it's I think it's so deeply ingrained that we have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get married. I went to a wedding a few weeks ago on Zoom. Okay? I Listen, and, I, it's and crazy. I'll tell you this. We cried. It was beautiful. It was Emil's actually his, his uh, best woman. She was getting married to her partner, Paul. Jenna and Paul got married. And it was the two of them in a hotel room with their dog, Oso. And it was beautiful. And the next day or the next weekend, I can't remember, uh, we took them out to brunch. It was a $400 brunch. We picked up the tab. Well, you know what? But the, but the brunch cost more than their entire wedding, but also was more fun than their wedding. So why not just let people like take you out and do cool stuff for you and have experiences together as opposed to like wasting all this money on a wedding? Well, and also, you know, let me th- say this. For me, I'm not a big present giver. Because my mom wasn't a big present giver. Like, it was our birthdays, but we didn't get presents. Like, we would have, like, Christmas, but we didn't really get presents. And it wasn't, like, celebrated like that. So it really wasn't until I started dating Lisa that, like, like I would never get co-workers gifts. Like, I just wasn't a present giver because I didn't grow up like that. Like, I never got presents growing up. And so I thought it was more just about, like, the time spent. Like... For Lisa's birthday one year, I was like, let's just spend time together. And she was like totally cool with that. But also you could tell she was like, but did I get a present? Well, she's like me. She's like, we have the same birthday. Yeah. I want a present also. Yeah. For my partner, I want to know I, I want to know that you didn't just last minute think of like spending some time with me. I want to know that a day or a week or a month beforehand, you went out and bought me a gift. But you- so for me, but for me at my wedding, 
I, it feels the same way for me. If you get me a present, I've learned that I, I like love presents. But if you didn't, I would also not feel offended because I didn't, wasn't raised like that and I'm not a big gift giver. So yeah. I, I could see both ways. Um, but I think the, but the wedding should just be about having fun, not about making money back. Nobody's an a-hole here. There's no right or wrong way to get yeah. married anymore. Make up your own rules. Yeah. I make it do, do your own thing. I like that. Yeah, I do too. All right, coming up, uh, somebody in the media is comparing gay men to anti-vaxxers. How? I don't know, but they found a way and we'll discuss. Tell me something good. All right, let's do it, Michaela. You know, I went to Portugal this summer, uh, to Lisbon in particular, uh, as part of my two-week trip to Europe, and I visited my uh, one of my very best friends, Dr. Therese Mascardo. Now, she works there as a digital digital nomad. Uh, she's a licensed therapist, and she works two days a week on her computer, and her clients are all here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason she does this is because they have a huge, huge community there uh, of digital nomads, people from other countries around the world who come there to work. Right. The cost of living is really low. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous country. Uh, it's very European, but not nearly as expensive as if you went to, you know, the UK or went to uh, to France. Uh, well, their parliament just made it even more intriguing for people because the Portuguese parliament passed legislation to protect remote workers and attract more of these digital nomads, um, and they did so by uh, putting penalties on employers uh, for contacting employees outside of work hours. This means after you're done with work, your boss is not allowed to text you, oh email my gosh. you, call you, nothing. Nothing. And if they do, according to this new legislation, employers will be forced to pay uh, for increased expenses as a result of working from home. Oh my God. Even, even things like gas and electricity bills, uh, they would have to pay a portion of now because of this new law. Um, this is really, really incredible. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that they're putting the employee first, uh, that they're thinking about the mental health of it all, because there's nothing worse than being home and getting texts and emails from your boss, and you can never unwind, which means the next day you're not going to be as good at your job because you never actually left your job mentally. Totally. Because you were totally engaged while you were at home. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's amazing, too. Okay, speaking of engaged, two Georgia emergency room nurses who met during the pandemic are now engaged, and it all happened on the rooftop of the hospital where they fell in love. Kelsey Dunlap said it was just another day at work, picking up another patient off the uh, helipad. Yep. And she said, instead, the love of my life flew in on a helicopter, dropped to a knee, and made me the luckiest girl on the planet. That's so cute. How sweet is that? Listen, I'm so happy to know that Health that healthcare workers found love during such a trying, difficult, exhausting time. I think it's so sweet, and what a way to um, to propose. Yeah, so cute. Plan a simple wedding. That's my pro tip. Yeah, they're complicated. Oh God, but I, I know. Hey, but I wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, <laughs> love is great. <laughs> Maybe just get married in your living room. Maybe oh, just get married God. at the hospital. Well, we got engaged in our living room. We can't do the, the wedding there, too. We got engaged over Zoom. How annoying was that? Well, you can get married in my living room, which I thought I had picked out until about five minutes ago when my partner started sending me new places. You're looking to um, move. So now I want to murder her. Uh, but I didn't say that on air, and I don't mean it. I just meant with love. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me something good is brought to you by McDonald's. 
Tell me something good, honey. Tis the season to treat yourself and drink up the holiday joy. Now get a small peppermint mocha hot or ice for only $2. Prices and participation may vary. Uh, thank you to Sam and Pate for joining us for Red, White, and Q. Tomorrow we've got Therapy Thursdays. Uh, and we have a great show for you headed all the way to Friday. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 